now. Now, from two different studios separated by over a thousand miles and direct to you via digital podcast download, this is the VoiceOver Cafe. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. Finally, uh, we were able to come to terms with Trisha's contract. She is back. Uh, she was holding out for more money, so that's why we didn't do a show since FAFCON, but we were right. finally able to come to terms, kind of like the you know the NHL, and here you are. <laughs> Where's my million bucks? I can't or believe is it. Was it 20 million? I don't even know. I it just If I only cared about hockey. Uh, but hey, you know, I can't believe that actually our live broadcast at FAFCON was our, our last episode, and I'm feeling very shameful about that. That was like three months ago already, almost. I know. It just got really hectic. It always gets very, very spastic towards the holidays. The holidays, and yeah, yeah. Getting well, everybody cool. together. We're back now, and uh, we have a fantastic guest ahead of us. We do. We have uh, Jeffrey Umberger of the Umberger Agency. We'll be talking to him about you know what he looks for in a voiceover demo, where the industry is heading, and all those kind of fun things. And by the way, please don't send us your demos. We're not the talent agent. Correct. Uh, and don't post them on the Facebook page either. Or we'll <laughs> just kidding. Mm. I don't mean to come off so harsh, but it's kind of funny because with all the voiceover groups and uh, brand pages out there, Trish, people always post their links to their demos. I get them on every one of my pages. Mm, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So who else are we going to talk with? We're going to, I know we have a Totally True Tales with Tom Deere. Uh, we do indeed. We have a Legal Minute with Rob Siglin-Paglia. Yes, mm-hmm. And I know Bish is going to make an appearance, our in-house resident barista. Yes, definitely. It should be a good appearance. We've, uh, we haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him since FAFCON either, so it's, it'd be good to have him back on. Cool. Um, well, Trish, as you know, there's some really odd things happening in the voiceovers by Terry Daniels' studio. And I don't oh. know the rest of you out there, Trish, if you experienced this in your studio, but uh, I was ready to call Ghost Hunters the other day. Oh, no. This place is frickin' haunted. And I, if people think I'm full of you-know-what, but there is sh- falling off the walls in here. There's whispering in the background. You just heard, you just said off mic when we connected here that you could hear some singing in the background. Well, it, I thought it was you, but it didn't sound like you. It sounded like somebody with a much higher voice it singing sounded, something about the intro. It sounded like somebody with a good voice. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> you I, have I, a very good singing voice. I think I've narrowed it down. I think the spirits are hiding in the RLX. Oh, my. Isn't that just creepy as hell? RLX ghosts. <laughs> it is. I don't even know. Uh, once in a while, I'll come down here to sleep in the middle of the night because my allergies are so awful and I don't oh, want to no. wake up the rest of the household. So, Are you sure it's because Tracy doesn't kick you out? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that could be. Maybe I smell too much like scotch. <laughs> uh, that could be too. Um, but I, I hear weird things in not only the studio, but in the furnace room and in the laundry. Do you, had you, are you experiencing any spiritual interruption during your recordings? Um, if you don't count the cats, <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't say I have, you got but it. It, something did funky did happen to me a while back when I have like one of those sleep apps. Um, it's Ooh. a, it's an app on my phone that actually records how I sleep and my sleep patterns. Interesting. It, yeah. It also, I talk a lot in my sleep. So, um, of course, I never know what I say, and I would love to get it on recording, and that's exactly what this app does. Well, I came across an audio that is slightly disturbing. 
um, it's a, a voice that's very, very close to the phone um, where the oh, speaker no. is that it um, it's creepy, actually. Oh, I, that is I creepy. do not know how to make that voice. We if should... it's me, I do not know how to make it when I'm awake. We should. Do you have a clip? We should try to play that it. maybe on a future show. I, ha- I, I do have a clip. I kept it. Oh, yeah. my God. We have to play that for our listeners. Okay. Definitely. That would be really, that would be good, creepy fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so I don't have a ghost in the studio, but I, w- I might have one in my bedroom. Yeah, a valuable show so far as, as we babble on about our, how haunted our houses are. Um, but we are going to get, why don't we, uh, we'll go ahead and jump into things this afternoon. And by the way, we are going to try to do a show a little more frequently now that we're kind of back in the rhythm. The holidays are over. It's 2013. We definitely don't want to let a few months slip by before we produce another show. But uh, without further ado, I, I think it's time for another uh, episode of Totally True Tales with Mr. Voiceover Marketing himself, Mr. Tom Deere. And now, Totally True Tales with Tom Deere. You can't make this shit up. Hey, this is Tom Deere. What's up? Welcome to Totally True Tales with Tom Deere. So last month, I got to go to the New York VoiceOver Mixer, which is one of my favorite things to do. Once a year, Eric and Lindsay Shepard of Voice Talent Productions hosts this big, swanky voiceover affair, which is awesome. There was like 400 voice talkers all in the same room, you know, it was awesome. Having a great time, staying out to the crack of dawn, you know. It's sort of a company party for Voice Talent Productions, but also it's like one of the biggest networking events that you could possibly go to in our industry. And I talk a lot in my blogs about the rules, you know, the etiquette, the protocols of how to get the most out of a networking event and not act like a dillweed at the same time. Here's a cautionary tale for you kids. So I go to the event, a bunch of people there, lots of my friends. There's um, there's some agents and casting directors, many of which I know, and I chat with, hey, how you doing? What's up? Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. You know, have a great time. So I'm hanging out with my buddy Christina, and she says, I'm going to go to the bar, get a drink. I'll be right back. She goes to the bar, comes back, and she says, oh, my God, you won't believe what just happened. I was at the bar waiting for a drink, and this guy came up to me, and he points to you and says, is that guy an agent? And I say, no, that's my friend Tom Deere. He's a full-time voice talent. And he says, oh, and walks away. (laughs) Needless to say, I was crushed. Crushed! Why is that funny and interesting and weird? Well, obviously, this gentleman in question doesn't understand what a networking event really is all about. This is one thing I talk about all the time. It's not who you know, it's how you treat who you know. You have to have a certain mentality when you're going to events like this. Well, one, have a good time. And two, you know, just meet people because you never know who you're going to run into. So what this guy didn't realize is that if he had just come up to me, introduced himself and struck up a conversation, I would have been more than happy to introduce him to all of the casting directors and agents that were in attendance at the networking event. But no, I'm not good enough to hang out with him. Anyway, I hope you guys can take something away from this. Our industry is very, very small. There's a lot of great people in it. And you never know where an opportunity can come from. So... Have the right mindset when you're going about your business as a voice talent, especially when it comes to a relationship level. It's not all about getting the big agent so you can get your big break or, oh, Robert De Niro's my uncle's cousin's barber twice removed or something like that. It, It doesn't matter who you know. It only matters how you treat who you know. Develop relationships. Make friends. Make acquaintances. Trust me. 
Relationships are everything in every industry, and the voiceover industry is no exception. For Totally True Tales, this is Tom Deere. And now, it's Rob Siglimpaglia. The lawyer with the most difficult name in the world to pronounce with The Legal Minute. This is Rob Sigampaglia with another Legal Minute. So what's the largest epidemic going around right now? If you said the flu, you'd be wrong. In the voiceover world, the greatest epidemic is copyright infringement. I've been literally receiving an email a day from voiceover artists who've been receiving emails and letters from copyright holders saying that either their music or now even their copy is in violation of copyright law. So basically what these emails are saying that these voice talent are receiving is that they have a song or two on their demo, maybe a few seconds of a song, um, that was not properly licensed. So they owe thousands of dollars for displaying or broadcasting these songs on their demos, which is located on their website or someone else's website. There's technology out there now called TuneSat, which can encrypt songs so that when it shows up on a website, it can be tracked. And there's many music libraries that are subscribing to this technology, such as Free Play Music, uh, Five Alarm, Music Tracks, countless others. These voiceover artists unknowingly, or maybe even sometimes knowingly, have songs that they downloaded off the internet, put on their demo, or their producers did. They put them up on their website. Next thing you know, they're getting on demand for thousands of dollars and claimed infringement damages. And these infringement claims are not just limited to music. Because today, I just got an email from a voiceover artist stating that he got an email from somebody claiming that the copy on his demo was being infringed. So in other words, he claimed that he was the owner of the material that was used as the copy on this voiceover artist's demo. So bottom line, voiceover artists, please make sure your demos are not using copyrighted copy or music because it can get you in trouble. This is real. I'm dealing with this every day. Um, And this issue also affects people that display demos on their websites. Um, So this affects all the pay-to-plays, all the agencies, um, any, anybody, any voice talent that have other voice talents, demos up on their websites, they're liable too. Um, If they have copyrighted material on their website, they're responsible. They're responsible for that content. So bottom line, make sure your demos do not contain copyrighted material on them. This is not one of those times where it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Rob Sigampaglia for a legal minute. Welcome back to the Voiceover Cafe. Uh, our guest today is Jeffrey Umberger from the Umberger Agency. And uh, before we get things rolling, Jeff, uh, what would you like to drink? Oh, let's see. Uh, about a vodka gimlet with two drops of Coca Cola. Oh, no problem. I'll mix that myself. And for you, my dear, I got something special. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. And I'll do something interesting for the big guy, okay? (laughs) Big guy, nice. Excuse me, but aren't you Jeff Umberger, the agent? Uh, well, yeah. Can I give him a demo? Um, sure, yeah, I mean, why don't you just send it to me? I have one in the apron. Oh, (laughs) all right, you got one in there. All right, all right, that's good, thanks. Do you want to hear my Geico Gecko impression? Uh Oh, maybe later, maybe later. Just, uh, I need that drink first. Uh, uh, thank you, Garcon, that will be all. I'll keep telling him, Garçon's boy. And anyway, when you're small and green like me, you need the protection of a good insurance company. (laughs) Trish, uh, very honored today to have uh, a person that actually I got to know a little bit at the the last FAFCON event, and that's uh, Jeffrey Umberger. 
who just told us recently uh, off mic that he's 50 years old and the guy looks like he's 24. Appreciate that. Well, he's uh, he's a fabulous man. <laughs> yep, my life's half over. But <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't say it like that. <laughs> it is a curse. I don't know what happened. I, uh, uh, for a while, it was great. You know, when you're, um, when it, I don't know. I think it, it, with each decade that I enter, it gets more freakish. And so maybe there's a little bit of a curious case of Benjamin Button there at play. Maybe <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> Well, that's true. Well, uh, Jeffrey, let's start off with voiceover demos, because, of course, that's what everybody's thinking about. That's what everybody's always asking about. As a talent agent, what do you look for in a voiceover demo? And, you know, what can a talent do to make sure that his or her demo actually gets listened to? Well, I think it gets listened to if an agent is really interested in finding good talent. And it it doesn't have to be any bells and whistles. It just has to be present online or in an email link or in the email body. Um, I just listened to one today. Someone followed me on on Twitter. And uh, so I, I followed the link. I had a couple of minutes and I followed the link and I was curious. And the demo, it was a commercial demo. It was fantastic. And it went on longer than it needed to, but I was glad it was there. I was, you know, I was thinking maybe, maybe the very next piece that uh, the portion of the demo, maybe this, he's going to finally start to get rotten and, and not be very good. But he just, you know, cleaned house. He was great all the way from top to bottom. And um, so I, I picked him up right away and sent him an audition. <laughs> so it, it grabbed me right away. The, right away, the first five to ten seconds of a demo is what I listen for, and then I'm, you know, engaged. And then I'm curious to see if it will hold, and if it holds, then, then I'm sold. Well, I'm, I appreciate you doing that, Jeffrey, too, because I had just tweaked it a little bit. I know. Yeah, I think you did great. Uh. <laughs> Change your name back to Terry Daniel. <laughs> I knew that would work. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Um, well, in your opinion, too, what is, you know, every, it seems like every few years, uh, you know, national uh, campaigns, advertising agencies are always looking for, you know, a certain style of voice. In your opinion, uh, in the last couple of years here, maybe even a little bit less than that, what style of voice is kind of trending out there for radio and television commercials? Authentic is the buzzword that is really used more than it ever was or or any other word for right now. And authentic, I think, really is person next door, real conversational, that as you guys both know, you have to read that conversational tone with copy that is anything but conversational. Um, But I I think that is the the most prominent type that people are looking for, clients are looking for. Uh, I guess to oh, to eavesdrop a little bit, I think that downplay maybe pulled back a little bit. Read for a couple of years um, in the running, there was that that young guy or the young girl that really ultra hip, to where it was almost you can't get into that club ultra hip um, sound, and that was copied and followed and asked for inspects. And then of course we still get Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's just going to be the way it is the rest of our lives. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know, aside from that, really, it is. I think just being, just being normal, sort of, so to speak. I mean, you excluded Terry, but being normal <laughs> <laughs> with your reads, then I think that's where it starts. I haven't had anything come in that's that's been too much afraid from that, unless it's been a need for character. 
Well, thank you. That's it oh. was actually a great question, Terry, because I was wondering that myself. Um, this one, we actually kind of put a put um, a word out to some of our listeners, and they got back to us with some great questions. So um, uh, we wanted to ask you a few of those. Um, Nancy German asks, what auditions stand out the most for you in terms of winning the job? I am often in a top grouping, but I don't always book things. I often wonder what the other talent did that clinched it for them. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I would have thought, I have an acting background, and I would have thought one thing a few years back. But now that I've been on this side of it more than the, of course, certainly more than the acting side, I see it differently, and I see why things go certain ways. And it's very frustrating, yet it's been this way, I'm sure, since the start. But let's take, for example, there was a casting for a lottery uh, spot. And the, the people, um, you know, had a panel of five or six um, clients that were all opinionated about certain things. Uh, right away, they had sort of their short list. And so if we're going to work from that short list, let's pick apart why certain people like Nancy German might have fallen off the short list after she was already picked and given all that um, excitement. <laughs> um, I think that as as shallow as it seems, a lot of the opinions that, that negated someone getting a role was one of two things. One was an opinion about how that person seems to approach the script. Uh, one one person in the casting kind of thought that it was um, being approached more uh, from an amateur um, approach. Not that they've gotten this far and they, they sound amateur and they got they lucky they were lucky and they got in. It's just over you know if we have two people, one of them sounded a little less polished, I guess, maybe a little bit less flexible. Um, so that's a kind of a technical thing. Once you've got the tone of the voice that the client likes and the breakdown feel of the woman, 30s, whatever it is. So uh, after that, then they start to really get nitty-gritty with it, and she seems like she might be a little bit less polished. The other one is another person in the another casting uh, official was saying that it, she just really sounds like my brother-in-law's wife. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, that what, what would that be? <laughs> my, <laughs> brother, my brother-in-law's wife, which is he was messing around on it, I guess. So, um, but anyway, so it can be something very personal. If you if you if you're listening to someone that reminds you of someone you don't care for, or, or for whatever reason, it can be just that simple a reason that can turn someone off. So, really, um, if Nancy is in a position where she's been kind of on on people's short list or been favorited. Um, and is not getting it, it can be, it can boil down to something that simple, or she really needs to get with a specific, uh, you know, maybe have a couple of specific coaching sessions where she takes in her auditions or, or uh, does a couple of pieces of copy and really get someone with a good ear that can nitty gritty it down to the bare bones and, and discover where she falls off of being authentic sounding or where she doesn't tell the story of the script or she doesn't sound uh, natural enough. Um, what are they hearing that sounds like it might be a little bit of a comp, you know, uh, of a problem in the session if they were to get them there? Do they have a hiccup, you know, when they read? Not a hiccup, physical hiccup, but do they, you know, have tongue twister tendencies? Uh, really, that's all it is. It's after that, you really it is just what the people happen to be thinking that day, and it just simply comes down to that. And, you know, and people really need to listen back to their auditions. I know sometimes people get so caught up in just listening back for the mistakes that they need to edit out that they actually miss out on their actual delivery. 
Right, Terry. You're so right. The other day I was, I mean, I listened. I'll tell you why I listened. I mean, it shouldn't be a mystery that an agent would listen to what you've sent them back um, before submitting it. But, um, you know, in my early days, uh, I would I would get my, my people uh, to send, I'm sorry, I would get my talent to send their auditions in. And maybe I would feel a little under the gun or under the wire to, to get them posted. And I'll go back and listen later and see what I sent. That, of course, is a horrible mistake. And I learned the hard way <laughs> on one particular very talented guy who got the audition, didn't think he was right for it, but wanted to send me a, um, a fun take on it. So he, he he sent me a joke audition and I didn't know until later when I listened to it that he was going off in different characters, some very uh, off color and so I had to retract that audition and hopefully delete it before the client heard it on the link. So I learned, you know, number one, that you really do have to listen to it, but that's yeah. years ago. <laughs> that was years ago, but for now, what I really do is listen for um you know, again, it, to me, it's the first five to ten seconds. I know the attention span of uh, advertising people is so short uh, yep. that, that they're going to be clicking past it if it doesn't hit it then. And if I have the opportunity, I'll always write the talent back and say, hey, I think you're right on it. But one more adjustment will right out of the gate clean it up or make it more fluid, maybe no breaks, whatever. Um on the other, on the other flip side, some people maybe are in a hurry. There's such a rush, rush thing these days, and I'm guilty of rushing my talent only to the point that I feel like first and, you know, first come, first serve, but uh, not to a dangerous part of rushing, but within reason. But someone sent me a, t- uh, a file, and I, it sounded like a radio commercial in the background, but it was two people conversing behind wherever they must have been recording. And, um, oh, man. Talking, talking about their, their <laughs> 92-year-old grandmother and how his wife needed to go pick up their child. By the end of the spot, we learned all about that person, but not anything about the story. Uh, right. the, you know, the artist, so he didn't get a chance to check it before he sent it. And so... Um, but yeah, performance-wise, I think the more you get in tune with what you're doing with your voice and it is the story, 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 story. Is the story being told? Can you separate? I, you know, I, I think um, one effective way is after you've recorded your audition, leave the room. I mean, play it back, but leave the room and hear it from a detached space. And you, things will stand out to you a little differently if you're away from the mic, not always in the headphones. And... Um, as if it were maybe you're hearing a radio in the other room. Does it appeal to you? Does it get your attention or does it sound like it fell flat? Very good. Well, I know that, uh, you know, just from, you know, talking to you at Fafcon and Eric Shepard, another friend slash agent of mine, that protocol is very, very important when it comes to uh, submitting demos. Are you pretty uh, particular about, like, let's say if you, know, you want an MP3 of a demo and somebody sends you a CD with a cover letter, is, is, is that going to piss you off? Well, it makes me look like they're not of the age that we're in this week, and it's moving so quickly. If I do get a, receive a disc in the mail, but all this effort on marketing, now there's nothing wrong with marketing at all or branding yourself, but the packaging, you know, um, it puts, to me, the focus on the wrong thing. I would much rather receive um, an MP3, and on my website, I specify what I'd like, and most agents will. No, you're correct. Most of the time, they, uh, people like you do put the protocol right there on the site, and it should make it pretty easy for people. It is. The, the most annoying thing, I guess, is that they didn't bother to look at what you needed. Not. Uh, I don't mean it to sound like, please do what I need, but it really is just sort of a, it will, it will be more effective for you if you're submitting, if you do it the way they happen to do it. I run the company by myself, and so I've set it up to where I can effectively you know, listen to everything that's sent to me, 
um, if I get it in the mail, my car is not fancy at all or, or expensive, but it doesn't have a disc player in it anymore. It, <laughs> right. We've passed that, you know. <laughs> so I can't listen on the way somewhere, so I have to put it in my computer, and sometimes it plays, sometimes it doesn't. So I think that's if I, that's a direct signal that someone is not quite with it right now. And, um, you know, the submission shouldn't be nine megabytes. Um, it could fill up some agents like mine. <laughs> I don't have, you know, a, an endless capacity. And it could fill it up. Just send a commercial and say, if you'd like to hear more, here's a link to everything or whatever it might be. Right. I don't, you know, nothing is effective to me as far as what um, colors the talent displays. Um, to kind of parody what how birds uh, attract each other <laughs> with, with spreading their wings. It doesn't matter what they flower or flourish their email with. It's just, if it is just, if they would just please say, hi, Jeffrey. So I know they've at least been to the website and they know who they're talking to instead of dear sir or dear madam or to whom it may concern. Or oh, yeah. the, worst, the worst part is one I got, it was the most arrogant submission and I, definitely don't have an ego so it's it took a lot to get me to the point of boiling where i wanted to really write this person back and <laughs> cc everyone that he had obviously blind copied it was to himself and so it wasn't even personal and it didn't even have a greeting no salutation nothing and it was starting right off with his years of whatever he's done and um I wrote that. I have a list <laughs> of who I'll never even consider. It's so, it's, I have a very personal approach to talent. I think maybe being an actor before, I, I feel that it's important to have a, a relationship with the actor. I respect actors and I really think of them first. And so it is, it starts with a hello, Jeffrey, and I will start it right, but you know, I'll return it back with a hello, Terry. I'm sorry I can't use you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I actually did. Jeffrey, I'm not even a talent agent. And somebody actually sent me a cassette like uh, a little less than a year ago. A cassette? A cassette. You can't make it up. A cassette uh, with a little bit. of And the cover letter was written. Uh, uh, it was fairly articulate and, and, and fairly legible. And wow. it came on a TDK cassette tape. Well, you know, that is just <laughs> enough, I think, where you go back into favor. And that's too unique. And you must take them. Well, it, it made you know what it made it made for a really good Facebook post. You know, I think I, I took I took a picture of it. I don't know. I don't have a cassette player. It, I tell you what, it made it it made me want to it made me want to go on Craigslist or eBay and find one. You know, I'm like, God, I got to hear this thing somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would be curious to get that. I would have to do that same thing. Oh, too. it uh, it was it made my week. It really did. It was uh, it was comical. <laughs> I think we do have a couple of uh, other questions from uh, a couple of our listeners too, don't we, Trish? Yes, we do. We got some great ones. Um, uh, Kurt Feldner wants to know if it matters uh, in your opinion, or does it make a difference, or um, do you look at anyone differently if they are full or part-time VO? Um, if someone has a full-time day job, does that turn you off to submitting them for things um, if they're not going to be available during the day? Yes, it does. Um, uh, it's too hard to book. And if you finally do book and can't be available, I'd just say that's all that work down the tube. And it takes one time with a client to, you know, to get a no in their face. I will certainly try with someone if they're talented, try again. But I know how hard it is and I know, you know, how important it is to uh, support yourself with a, with a day job. And it is primarily, I would say, 90% of the people that are trying voiceover are having to do it 
alongside a day job or night job or double job. But it, I recently booked someone on an audio book, and um, she she is one of those very friendly and very talented people, um, talent, and, and, and checks in a lot and wants to book like crazy. And um, so I got her booked, and she said, and I needed her a veil. And it was after five, Monday through Friday. Oh, and no. Luckily, yeah. And, I, and I, I did a double take to myself. And um, so that was, that has, you know, it's colored my perception of this talent. And it's it considered, it, may, it, it makes me reticent to, to submit her because I'm worried that, you know, should a client like her, which I'm sure they will, what are we going to be dealing with? You know, if she can't take a long lunch, most voiceover bookings are a long lunch somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. That's and true. So, but it just seems like, um, yeah, so in general, it is kind of, it's hard for an agent to say, here is the best talent in the world. I hope you're open at night, you know. So <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'll have to let the gentleman know that um, it's fine. Maybe you just need to, he needs to readdress something with his with his uh, current employer and just let them know that voiceover is not an all-day thing sometimes when you're booked or most of the time it's kind of a, a long lunch or half a day and uh, people need to kind of make themselves if they've gone to the trouble of doing a demo and training and practicing uh putting all the expense and effort out there then they really need to be able to give three hours for a booking if they get it okay great thank you yeah. um let's see uh, this one's from J.S. Gilbert, and he asks... Oh, when, no, no. Hi, oh, no. <laughs> you guys. It's been nice talking to you. No, this is a great This is a great question. I saw this one earlier. Yeah, it's a good question. When evaluating talent for representation, is it all about the demo? Do you go to their site? Do you Google them? Look at comments they may have made in, in forums, um, or do you ask other talent or producers about them? Do you generally not have time to consider submissions beyond referrals and personal connections? Hmm. That's a very good question, um, but I don't have time to answer it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, that would I be another hour. <laughs> I mean, I don't bet the, um, the talent for sure. I, mean, I, I do check them out. I think there's not a person on earth that doesn't Google someone at some point if you're looking to forge a, 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 a partnership, which I think talent and agent is partner. So you're going into business together. So you would want, I mean, smartly, you'd have to do some sort of search. Um, but this gentleman, you know, on Twitter, I mean, he could be a, um, a serial killer. I don't know. <laughs> but he sounds really good and he's got good talent. And we'll start we'll start with that. Um, but, you know, you can tell when people have linked things to you, how together they are or how thrown together they are. And I do judge on whether it looks like someone has has already been down the street a little bit. Um, to know um, what they're doing. Uh, this gentleman obviously had you know, a website with links already set up. He had client lists. He's represented elsewhere, which is a good sign. And I uh, knew who he was represented by by seeing it. And uh, I, f- I, I don't, I mean, I don't do a full out Facebook search or Google search and all that stuff. It really is the very first thing off is what do they sound like and do I need it on my roster? And uh, is it going to compete? Does it sound too much like everyone else? Does, you know, is there something unique about it? Um, it's my needs change every day because the client's needs change every day. So uh, 
again, on the same note about uh, first impressions, you can re-first impressions someone six months later, <laughs> and you need to. If you've been declined by an agency that you really want to be a part of, uh, it, you should reapply, or not reapply, what is it, resubmit six months later, because so much changes, and especially in our little VO world, it's changing very quickly. I'm not sure if that answered the question, but it sure sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you answered somebody's question. No, that was great. That was so great. So we have one comment and one very, very important question left. All right. The comment is from Dave Fenoy. He would like to say hi, and he's still waiting for you to get back to him. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, people are using our podcast now to get their calls answered. That's fantastic. This is all on, on one thread, so that's why I'm reading. Um, <laughs> The last, uh, the last very important question is from uh, Diane Magipinto, and she asks, do you still like vodka cranberry, or did you have too many in Charlotte? Ah. <laughs> Darn it. See, I, I thought I was kind of <laughs> under the wire by ordering the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, my reputation precedes me, or comes before me. Which, which was uh, that? Like I said before, you're in good company. <laughs> Me and Terry are sort of a, a little well known to be uh, to be the first ones at the bar. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's going to happen a lot less for me at the next Fafcon. <laughs> I, uh, I was I was um, banned. I'm not allowed back. I'm banned. No. I was banned uh, from the hotel yeah, I like, bar. I like the uh, the rationale behind having the cranberry is, you know, it helps your kidneys and everything else. And so it's really, really, really good for you. And um, the vodka makes you forget. Are you, uh, Jeffrey, are you uh, are you coming to the next one? I believe it's in uh, San Antonio. Are you, uh, you going to be anywhere in the area for that? Yeah, that experience has to be one of the highlights of anyone's professional career but on a personal note that was one of the best things i had ever signed up for oh um, yeah and it, so yeah it's going to be very hard to keep me away or rationalize not being able to go to the next one so see you there <laughs> cool well maybe you can join us at fav camp then also in charlotte that's at the same place in may oh okay yeah that sounds good I'll, i'm good at starting fires and marshmallows and all that stuff i'll bring everything Nice. Wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> well, Jeffrey, uh, thank you so much for your time. Our guest today has been Jeffrey Umberger of the Umberger Agency. You answered a lot of great questions, Jeffrey, and uh, uh, we hope to have you on again soon. Thank and, you, Terry. Uh, thank you, Trish. And thank, thank you. you much for having me. It was great to meet you at FAFCON. I can't wait to see you at camp. Sounds Yay. good. And you get Trish added to your roster, all right? <laughs> I got an audition from him. Yeah. Oh, I know. I get, I get your Thank stuff. You. We get your stuff. We appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. Well, um, you know, if, if if you feel like sending something back, Terry, uh, just think twice. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, Jeffrey, have a great weekend, and we'll definitely have you on again very soon. Uh, you know, if I don't see you in May, to definitely see you down in uh, San Antonio in uh, October for sure. Very definitely. You guys have a great time. It's been great to be with you. Thanks, All right. Jeffrey. Appreciate right. it. Take See care, Jeffrey. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow, Trish, she has got to be the nicest talent agent uh, I've ever talked to because most of them are jackasses. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he, he was great. He was a great guest, and he is a great guy. If you got those of us that, that met him at FAFCON, he was so gracious and just he, he partied with us. He hung out. He was like one of the one of the cool kids. 
<laughs> he really was. He's uh, he's kind of a voice talent agent, so to speak, if that even makes yeah. sense. He's not uh, he's not he's one an that, agent for the people. Yeah, he's not one that kind of hides in a castle somewhere, and you don't even know what he looks like, or he never ever gets back to you. Uh, it was it, it was fun to have him on. So we'll definitely have him and perhaps some other talent agents on from from time to time. It was nice to have uh, an actual guest on our show. Of course, when we did FAFCON Live, we had, I guess, several guests. And by the way, we'll do some live perform. Maybe FAFCAMP or FAFCON, we'll do some more live uh, broadcasts as well. I'm kind of on the fence for FAFCAMP because I have a Bahamas trip pending. Oh, very nice. Um, So that might, uh, <laughs> that might just... Uh, X out the old plans for FAF Camp, but we'll see what happens here. But uh, well, very cool, Trish. Let's uh, we'll do another show very soon. And uh, thank you for taking time out of your Friday to put this thing together today. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Voiceover Cafe. All right, see ya. That's a wrap on another episode of the Voiceover Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org.